0: Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter and Threads and everywhere else you need it at. It is rookie season. I am starting to dive into my own rookie database to get a good idea of what this class looks like and how I feel about players in it. Over the next few episodes of this podcast, I'm going to be breaking down position by position, essentially how I try to profile players from each class how I start off, what I look at and how I dig in deep. And then going you know, to explain where I'm at in that process so far at the point that I'm recording that podcast and give you a good idea of where my current sense of what my ranks are. Now, I don't want to disappoint too hard, but I don't have my ranks fully finalized pre-draft yet. I'm barely just starting to dig in. It will get better the further we get into this series of episodes, and then we might do a follow-up episode where I run through my ranks, or I'll start inviting guests on to discuss our ranks. As always, you can look at my college database, pin to my Twitter timeline, pin to my Threads timeline, pin to my Patreon timeline. It links you straight to the free Google Sheet, Then I maintain with the help of a few brave others who help me collect data and stuff it all into this one space instead of having to look at multiple different places at the same time somehow to try to get a sense of players as you try to do your own work, if you try to do your own work. If not, my ranks are constantly updated both on my PA Howdy Rank Sheet, again available on my link tree or available on Patreon or if you just DM me I'll let you know where it's at. My rookie ranks are not being published yet. Because they are not yet fully ranked. But again, the further we get into this series of podcasts, the more confident I'll start feeling. And I'll start publishing not only my ranks, but the notes that go with it on my rookie receipts tab in my PA Howdy, PA Howdy Ranks spreadsheet. That's about all the preamble I can think of doing for this episode. Apart from to tell you for this episode, we're starting out at a position I typically, of the last four or five years, frankly haven't done anything on pre-draft. Last year I was actually looking and I didn't actually even do pre-draft rankings for this position because I've basically given up on it. But I want to start delving into it a little bit more. It's one of those areas I have as a blank space, placeholders or little notes saying I should look at this again at some point to do my own work as well. I have good sources for it. And if I'm not good at something or don't think I have an edge, I like to go out and find people who seem to have that skill set and just adopt them, basically, and what they think and kind of use them as a de facto research resource. But I do, when I can, like to invest time on trying to develop some of my own ideas, as I'm sure you do, too. And this year I'm starting to delve back in to the quarterback position for the first time since Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Got one right, guess which one? Got one wrong, guess which one? And I'm just starting to get a little bit more time available to me to start digging into that position again as we really shored up the process of running back, wide receiver and tight end in our completely new formatted and updated college database. I feel a lot more secure about how we're doing those now and so I feel like I have a little bit more leeway to delve back into quarterback and I thought we'd start off right there for this rookie series in the offseason. So let me walk you through how I'm starting to think about the quarterback position from a profile pre-draft perspective and where I think I'm at on these prospects right now heading into the 2024 draft class. Let's do it.
1: Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the few watchers and learn
0: some once. Right, so the betting market is on fire as we find out that not everyone is an honest individual in the betting market, and maybe gambling on sports will be changed forever, at least in the fantasy space, because someone was changing their team after lock several times it turns out in different contests. Apparently, I don't know. That's just what I caught passively on my Twitter timeline. At the same time we're waiting for Lamar Jackson to face off against Patrick Mahomes. It should be a hell of a playoff game leading up to the Super Bowl, and everyone's very excited about that. But instead, we're gonna talk about quarterback evaluation because we enjoy pain, or maybe just me. And um, so what's the big deal? Why did I give up quarterback evaluation? And my most common refrain uh, on Twitter, on threads, or anywhere else is that there's simply nothing that correlates to success, um, which is a good way of too long didn't reading it. If you look at any of my R squared results, um, from passing attempts per game, per rush attempts per game, all the way up to something as complex as Passing ascent accuracy or even completion percentage over expected, which is CPO, a stat created by Josh Hermsmeyer, which we all now copy or scrape from somewhere else, because it's actually a pretty interesting look. And um, the simple fact is none of it correlates well. If you compare on a broad sample, say from wide receivers or oh, sorry, quarterbacks from 2016 to 2022, so take out the last class, so they've had a few years, and compare it to points per game, the best correlation you're going to get is somewhere around 0.06 which just in case you weren't sure even for nfl projection stats from a college to an nfl standpoint is terrible it's nothing it's it's a margin of error it basically means nothing but at least it's not negative i guess and that's the best stats we have available as far as i can figure however uh, the brief rookie model for quarterbacks I made last year, while we were revi- revitalizing everything and um, to try and firm up the new look of our database, having added in a history of PFS stats going all the way back to all the way back to 2015 to try and refresh some things and look at some new ideas, um, is doing pretty well. Um, if I go back over the last few classes, it's hitting most of the highlights. It's highlighting most of the right players. And the ones that it isn't highlighting essentially were kind of a surprise to a lot of people. And as just a, a noob and also an amateur, that bodes well for me. I want to get enough of an idea without being an expert that I can listen to smarter advice or smarter people to be in the right place more than 50% of the time and hopefully beat my league mates. That's a simple goal. So, um, I would like to rest on the laurels of you know having C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young and uh, Anthony Richardson coming in as a fairly low-level passing prospect with only rushing upside, um, based on his overall statistics profile, or. For that matter, we could go back to 2022 and see that it had uh, Bailey Zappi and Sam Howell at the very top of the class, completely underrating Brock Purdy, but giving him a mid-level score as someone that's, yeah, yeah, he's not bad, and maybe the landing spot would have helped us, completely ignoring Desmond Ritter or Carson Strong, and hating on Kenny Pickett, as it rightly should, and, and take a victory lap on that. But the simple fact is, this model is doing a decent enough job of hitting the highlights, but it still has problems because the difficulty with quarterback statistics goes a lot further than nothing has a strong R squared number, for very easy reasons that are that I'll point out the highlights of. All right, so let's just start with the simple question of how many players do we have to look at? And if you go to my database and copy all the names and make your own quarterback tab and start eliminating players you couldn't use to start projecting or guessing who's going to be a good quarterback class in a new quarterback in a new rookie draft class what you'll find is 419 prospects going all the way back to 2001 which is a pretty good sample size but if we limit by players who actually have some NFL stats where you can do some testing against or see who is good and who is bad to see which stats are telling us who might be good and who might be bad it shrinks through that huge time frame from 2001 to 2023 to 2023 to 105 players with a points per game through the first 3 NFL seasons just having a stat recorded through the first 3 seasons now, points per game might not be the best stat to go looking at. Maybe you want to look at completion percentage. Maybe you want to go look at who, what stat they were recording in SIPO, in the NFL, and so on and so forth. But it's going to be a similar number because if players aren't recording simple points, they're not going to be recording other stats as well. So our sample size already drops by three quarters just for viable candidates to actually start looking at what stats tell us what. If we shrink between 2001 to 2021 for several reasons, one, you don't want to evaluate players based on a single year sample size. So last year's class doesn't really count. You want to give them a few years, even at quarterback, to show show us if they're good or bad, just based on basic career breakout arcs. And so we'll remove 2023. And we'll remove 2022 just to give us one a little more data so everyone in our sample size actually has again significant nfl stats to have a f- better conclusion on whether they go they worked out or they didn't but also to give us at least one class we can use as kind of an out of sample gut check so no matter what we come up with when we compare it to a class that isn't in the sample we use to create that idea it should give us positive results otherwise we simply modeled or came up with an idea that perfectly or better explains the sample itself. But when given a new draft class, which wasn't used to create that idea or that model, it completely craps out. Which is essentially your double or triple counting things in order to create a model that literally tells you what you told it you want it to tell you. Like, here's the points per game, create a formula which gives me the best ranking to recreate this points per game highest to lowest, regardless of whether that stat matters or not. We already have a below average sample. I want at least a few hundred players or a few hundred examples of something before I felt like probability scores even really had an effect. But we do the best we can with a small sample sport. The problem essentially, or one of the problems essentially, comes down to the fact that the quarterback position is a single player position. The players have long career arcs and play in the NFL for a long time, taking up one of only 32 viable spots. Further, even with our update to include a lot of different, more complex stats from PFF and other areas, and some calculations that I found out and threw in myself from last year's database update, Most of those stats, the better or the more quoted, I should say, stats that we use for quarterback analysis these days, only date back to 2015 because that's when we started recording certain data, specifically ADOT or air yards. Both are the same thing. They come from the same source. They're just a different way of, of articulating essentially the same fact. But regardless of that, that has been one of the quintessential game changes in terms of statistics, not just at wide receiver, but also at quarterback. Looking at how successful players are at completing passes based on how far they're throwing the ball down the field relative to their competition is one of the innovations that have come along in statistics to help us understand who is good or who is going to be good or who is going to be bad at wide receiver and quarterback. With college statistics especially, that's really only been recorded, like I say, back to 2015, which means... Prospects in 2015 can only possibly have one year of data if they happen to play in 2015 before they entered the NFL. So a 94-player sample from 2001 to 2021 is obviously going to shrink when we move the bottom date all the way up to 2015. And if I do that, I find 31 quarterbacks with statistics based on the innovations that have happened in the market since 2015. These new statistics actually have some utility in the NFL game to 31 players, 31 players between 2015 and 2020 2021. 2021 I don't know why I already I always add an extra 20 in there but yeah 90 31 players which is less than an entire season's worth of quarterbacks if everyone stayed healthy and in that sample Taysom Hill is one of those 31 players in fact he makes it 32 sorry but so is Trevor Simeon so is Gardner Menchu so is Brett Hunley so is Davis Mills so is Mason Rudolph and De- Deshaun Kaiser They make up a significant portion of those 31 players. So this is a very long way of explaining why we have a sampling issue at quarterback. We simply haven't had a lot of our better at the NFL level at least statistics running long enough to create a decent enough sample of historical quarterbacks to see if stats actually correlate. And so what we're left with was a lot of understanding of what stats tell us and what their limitations are just from experimenting with them at the NFL level. Players entering the NFL, they've had as much experience as they possibly could have to develop their accuracy. The stories every offseason of players getting LASIK surgery or working with a trainer, I don't think they're necessarily just noise we can all improve in all areas of our lives for example let's not write off the idea that a quarterback can improve but I think their accuracy as close as we can get it their ability to accurately hit a target at a certain distance or certain distances should probably be considered innate because they've had as much experience as we could possibly hope to have by the time they're entering the NFL that I don't think off-season stories about working with certain coaches or getting certain corrective measures for their eyes is really a a realistic way to expect the accuracy to improve and we shouldn't expect the NFL to be a more developmental league at the quarterback position than any other position hopefully some of that makes sense especially since it's been taught by an amateur barely keeping up with the theoretical idea of these statistical trends hopefully I'm explaining it as it seems to me and so hopefully it does something for you in trying to understand why quarterback is a remarkably different difficult position to profile so what's the point of running through all that? Well, one, well, just to explain why quarterback might be so frustrating to you, and it has been to me for a long period of time, but also to give you an, understa- an underline, or the, at least the understanding that I have, of the position and its difficulties. Because with it, I think there are a few things that we can take away, whether an expert quarterback evaluator or someone like me, just a muggins trying to play in a fantasy football league. I think there are some things to note with just that baseline understanding of why it's difficult. One, when you start looking at content, which is wonderful, and there are lots of people who are great at this, so I'm not throwing shade at anyone in particular, but by the time you start looking at rates of success in certain situations at the college level, like one of the stats um, someone in my Discord was talking about the other day was a quarterback's QB rating in man cover situations. In those type of statistics, while they might be very descriptive or even actually the key to unlocking the quarterback position, you've got to understand that it's already a small sample problem, and you're looking at a split within a split within a very small sample position with which you can determine whether it has any viability. It might take another uh, how long 20-year sample before we even get a full 60 players to profile. And we need hundreds. So when you start looking or start taking in that if people are trying to convince you with split stats, while they might be very descriptive and actually accurate about the player's ability or their traits, the statistic itself probably doesn't matter for comparing them to other players. If it's commonsensically descriptive of something that matters, is the way I'm going to say it, is just adding a split on a split on a split And gets us to a point where we've created a very effective narrative, but the stats themselves aren't leading us in any particular direction. We're forming a story that makes sense to us, which means we're probably just giving in to our preconceived biases, which means you should probably just like who you like for accuracy and experience does matter. We've talked to Travis May for the last two off seasons about ranks in general. Specifically, I always focus in on talking about quarterback because it has been such a bane to my rookie evaluation process. Travis has a successful history uh, of projecting who's going to be good and bad relative to the market, at least in the NFL from college profiles. And he uses both statistics and film watching to do that. He's a he's a dual weaponed Evaluator, if you like. And so he's one of the people I have deferred to. Another one, if you're looking for a name, is Sean Slaven, who used to work for two QBs. I think that site's back up and running now. At Slavin22 on Twitter. I think they are both phenomenal at quarterback. And I listen to what they have to say about the position every time they say anything. And every time we talk to Travis, he comes back to passing accuracy and experience. And passing accuracy... At the experience level they were playing at. And so I'm looking at those two when I evaluate quarterbacks. Now in terms of actual statistics. The two that are in my model. From that I just haphazardly slapped together last year. And seems to have had some success. Of the last couple of draft classes. Um, are QB rating. The average QB rating interestingly enough. I tried to profile based on best QB rating. In the uppermost points per game season. And that has a lower correlation then if you just look at their average again that speaks something to their experience and also points per game adjusted for the age at which they were playing again building in their experience and ultimately their production because points per game fantasy points in in and of itself is essentially an unintended model weighting certain levels of production yards and touchdowns and receptions in terms of ppr for wide receivers by an arbitrary co-founder or um you're, you're timesing them by certain numbers and saying that's a value. A touchdown is worth six, a catch is worth one, and yards are worth, what is it, 0.1 per 10 or whatever it is. And those are essentially just creating fantasy points, but they're actually it's, it's kind of an artificial model, and an unintended model. It's saying yards are important. To this degree, 0.1, touchdowns are important to a magnitude of 6, which makes them incredibly more important in this unintended model, and receptions are important to a magnitude of 1, which makes it more important than an individual yard, but as important as 100 yards. What I find interesting is that when I slapped that model together, and I did put some ti- I say slap, but I, I put as much time as I possibly could in. There's just a relatively small sample with relatively few stats that show any kind of hope. And so it, it didn't have to be as in-depth as running back or wide receivers, just simply because there's less to play with. But um, I, I did put the effort in. Uh, I find it interesting QB rating, which overweights touchdowns, actually. If you look at the formula for QB QB rating, actually magnifies the, the touchdown score by a factor of 20, I think. And points per game, which overweights touchdowns again, are both emphasized in either stat that actually showed some level of success to a certain degree, over the last few draft classes, well, since 2015, at saying who is going to be good and who is going to be bad. To the point that while all RS squared scores suck, like I mentioned at the start of this podcast, when I look at my RS squared table, which, again, is available in my college database, the one stat at quarterback that isn't just random like receptions per game being pretty good for quarterback for example because uh, one good quarterback caught a reception at some point is points per game age adjusted in my experimental column which has a correlation of 0.21 between 2016 and 2022 which for reference is about as significant as draft capital by itself. So why doesn't my model beat draft capital? Because, again, going back to that sample size, if you go and look, you've got a few Mac Joneses and a few other players which have extraordinarily high points per game by age adjustments because they only played one season that could be sampled. Once you remove them, it starts falling significantly below what draft capital can actually give you. But the signal still remains somewhat there. And so this age-adjusted points per game does seem to capture something. And in my most recent Testing, including the new data from a whole new season and a whole new rookie class, QB rating actually kind of fell in correlation and significance. And so I would remodel if I was interested in remodeling the CPO or uh, passing attempts completion accuracy from PFF could actually beat it. But I'm not interested in creating a new model yet. I simply don't think the sample size is there. But I do think it's doing enough job to organize them so that I can start digging into profiles a little better with a little bit better understanding of what actually matters and why to try to maybe start ranking quarterbacks again pre-draft. I hate to keep saying this but my formulas as well if you're interested in any of the formulas whether it's a pre-established stat that someone else created or something I'm playing around with like my pre-draft models I write the formulas down so if you ever want to recreate them or adjust them for your own benefit they're in there and my quarterback so how am I going about actually applying any of this to profiling the 2024 draft class well The pre-draft score I just alliterated and why it is the way it is creates the initial ranking and then I work through it to see who is of interest. For example, QB rating is essentially trying to tell me what that statistic is saying that that player is actually capable of doing. It's meant to measure how good they are at quarterbacking, whereas points per game age adjusted is meant to be telling me how good they were relative to previous prospects. I'm not going to reorder them based on either stat because that's baked into the model. But I do want to see who is being rated as a good quarterback according to that statistic and who is being rated as above average relative to other prospects that have come on. Caden Slater, coming from the Cursor Conference, playing at Liberty for two years or two years with enough uh, volume to be considered in the sample size, um, who has 7.5 points above average. But because he's playing in the cursor conference and that is magnifying his score, he's got the second overall score in my pre-draft model, I think that overall score is highly suspect because he's going to be scoring more points on a non-conference adjusted average because he's playing at cursor. And when I look across his statistics that aren't included in the model, which are going to be the second filter I apply to looking at my quarterback ranks, including completion percentage, he was at 60%. The average successful prospect is at 63. It, it goes red if you conditional format it. In other words, his passing accuracy from PFF is at 71, when the ac- the average of successful top 12 quarterbacks in the NFL, since in that small sample. Uh, was 73, so that's below average. His cpo is significantly below average. The average is 3.3 for successful quarterbacks, and his is minus 0.3, which is utterly terrible. His average adjusted completion percentage, a formula I found on PFF, and I'm calculating myself, is 71% when the average of successful quarterbacks is 73.8. So, And also, his career adjusted completion percentage is also significantly subpar. So what it's telling me is, across all measures that I have for accuracy, he is less accurate than most successful quarterbacks. And he's been boosted specifically by the stat that is non-conference adjusted coming from a lower level conference. He also rushes the ball, which is one of the stats I forgot to mention in the, the preamble here. Looking at rushing attempts and rushing attempts per game, at least, or even rushing yards per game, is going to have some level of relevance to quarterbacks because increasingly the NFL is interested in that type of prospect as we know and that has some correlation even relative to even better to passing or, or straight up R-squared testing for so passing accurate statistics basically because of the sample size problems we've talked about the very few who actually have draft capital and enter that 31 sample size who have significant rushing share are going to be Lamar Jackson, it's going to be Kyler Murray, it's going to be the Josh Allen, it's going to be the rushing quarterbacks and therefore it's overly correcting or indicating that rushing attempt stats are actually useful. But it also tells us, because we know that about the NFL, that we should look at rushing statistics. So he's rushing the ball about 19% over his career length and... At liberty for cursor, which means he's accruing rushing attempt statistics, which is also contributing to his points per game. So, essentially, even without doing too much work, I know that that model score placing him second overall with a 14.2 is bad, right? It's a suspect statistic. So, while he is interesting because he has a a career rating, a career QB rating of 121.9 which is above average, and a points per game age-adjusted of 7.5, which is significantly above average as well, it's suspect because of the conference he's playing in and just the nature of these stats and the fact that he rushes a ball a significant amount. And so I already know I should look at him, but he's probably going to have to be downgraded in my ranks. The reason I ran through Slater too much is, one, because you'll see him straight away and wonder if he's, you know, the next secret Dak Prescott. I don't think so. And two, because it alliterates the process itself. I use a model to create the initial overall, take a look at these players. I look at the main two stats in that model to understand where the, st- where the value in that model is coming from. And then I look at the accuracy and age-adjusted and ADA-adjusted accuracy and completion percentages to get a sense of if they are actually doing it as a quarterback performer, as a rusher, and if it's conference-relevant. And so far, that's as complex as my quarterback evaluation goes. It, it's a lot of words to spill out and I use some words which might be considered fancy, I'm not sure, but it's pretty simple. I'm going to understand what this model is trying to tell me understand where the weaknesses of the model are and therefore know what to look at more closely or dismiss outright and then I'm just looking at accuracy and completion percentage stats relative to players in similar cohorts from similar situations with similar expected draft capital to understand if it just needs to be lowered or raised and I've run that through the first uh, the, the first 20 or so prospects this year the other thing to know about the 2024 quarterback class there are a lot of prospects in this class for example last year i only accrued 16 prospects to actually go and evaluate if i was going to do it in the 2023 draft class the highest number of prospects in ie IDs or names that were thrown out or in and around the draft and the combine who could end up with draft capital therefore i included them in the database with PFF IDs and also um, sports football reference IDs, the max number I've had before this year was 29 in 2020, which has a rhythm to it. This year, I have 37 prospects in the database to actually take a look at. I have never had to have a third tier of quarterback ranks for at least the last five years and this year I might have to have five quarterback tier ranks if I actually end up with pre-draft quarterback ranks there are a lot of prospects in this class and not only are there a lot of prospects there are a lot of prospects with average model scores there are way more in this class scoring 10 which is about average for any quarterback trying to enter the NFL or above That doesn't mean it's a really good quarterback class necessarily. It just means there's a lot of quarterbacks coming out this year. And there's also a deep need for quarterbacks in the NFL. So we might see an excessive need of draft capital spent on them this year. But it doesn't mean there's an excessive number of good quarterbacks. There's just an excessive number of quarterbacks coming in. And at a slightly older age, if you look at the average age of prospects entering the NFL or trying to enter the NFL and draft classes through that same period and this year players stayed in a little bit longer because of uh, because of COVID-19 and again because of those transfer portal rule changes and so all of that feeds into the nature of this class as well. Okay so that's my rough understanding of the statistical quarterback landscape, what we can and can't know, based on sample size, and also just based on what good and bad stats we have to project players from college into the NFL. Remembering that draft capital is all important, and I'm going to be listening closely to Combine Buzz and also the draft to understand who I need to rank, let alone who I need to evaluate to who is good or not. Uh, before we have that, the quarterback position, honestly, we're a little in the wind. With that, my initial rankings are fairly clear. I've run through the first 20. So far, I'm only ranking 11. And I have, like I say, for the first time, I've gone down to five tiers at the quarterback position. And ranks are all a draft board right now. I'll let you know when I'm firming them up and won't change them again, even in the pre-draft. Right now, they're very much subject to change. Caleb Williams is obviously the quarterback one. There's really no questions here. He was well above average in terms of points per game over expected. And his QB rating and his accuracy numbers are all above average significantly there's not a lot of questions about who Caleb Williams is and I don't want to break down each player here because I'm already running on for a Crossroads episode but it's Caleb Williams followed by Drake May in a separate tier and for reasons that we'll break into as I I find Spencer Rattler, JG McCarthy and Carson Beck all interesting in the third tier Spencer Rattler's a really interesting conversation because there was team changes going on with him and, and Caleb Williams taking over the team he used to quarterback. Um, I, I've run this up the flagpole with a few people who know a bit more about me than this and me at the quarterback position. Um, and they don't like Rattler too much. But I think the weirdness of his career path might be hiding the fact that his accuracy when he was playing the quarterback position two different teams was actually pretty good and his points per game age adjustment points per game is actually terrible his QB rating is about average and I think some of the weirdness of his career path might be hiding some borderline backup potential at least and that's the tier we're in JG McCarthy has got a larger a smaller sample size than Rattler because of the route that Rattler took to the NFL Um, But similar accuracy stats and a better points per game, adjusted points per game and QB rating. But I'm wondering if Rattler's, again, weirdness to his profile might be hiding more upside or less. I'm uncertain at this point, so I put him in the same tier. Carson Beck is in there because he's only got one year... To sample and he's got excessively high accuracy and completion numbers through that one year but again this is like the Matt Jones rule as opposed to the Calvin Ridley rule at wide receiver if you've got one year of a player being excessively accurate you can't judge that average by players who played two or more years so it's a little bit suspect and but Carson Beck in his single year that I have to look at was pretty accurate playing in the SEC at Georgia um, his points per game over average, age-adjusted again, is not good, but it's also not bad. It's, it's basically at zero, so you're average as a quarterback, but below average as a prospect. But again, we're taking all statistics of the quarterback position as relatively suspect, but that is important to know and why I'm keeping him in this third tier. One, the sample size problem, his accuracy average is suspect compared to the other prospects, but it is good. And he wasn't scoring more points than you would expect from an average QB at the quarterback level. There are a few more prospects I haven't ranked because I haven't even looked at them or gone by their year-to-year yet, which have some interesting numbers and they're on my list to look at. Um, and then, like I say, 20 other prospects, that many of which have at least an average model score that I'll probably have to run through. I picked the worst year to get back into quarterbacks, essentially. Um, But right now, there are only 11 prospects that stand out to me. There are only two that stand out to me as perhaps above, our expectations should be above, a starting-level quarterback. One, Jalen Daniels, who's this year, oh, look at that. He can rush. And he was also fairly accurate as a passer, so maybe he's the next Lamar Jackson quarterback prospect, and that's Jaden Daniels. He's easily the third most relevant. And then we enter that tier of prospects I mentioned, like Rattler, McCarthy, and Beck all have interesting profiles with warts. Who I think might at least be interesting as backups in the NFL for superflex leagues, or maybe they look into some of that lower first-round draft capital, like a Will Levis, and end up being somewhat dynasty relevant, even if it's just right the dynasty value arc out throughout the rookie season. Um, so yeah, those are my rank, my initial draft board rankings, not actual rankings, but initial thoughts on this position. There are eleven that stand out as at least. Already being worthy of ranked, a few others that I do think we should look at more closely, like Jalen Moreau, Jalen Daniels, and maybe Austin Reed. But we're already talking in terms of the overall statistical profile, and, and Slater, of course, and um, in comparison to what I understand of the what statistics can tell us. We're already talking. We're hoping they look into a Brock Purdy or a Gardner Minshew backup situation. Uh, And then end up having more talent than their profiles ultimately suggested as college prospects. Below Williams and May and Daniels, I don't see a clear this guy might have more or should be expected to have more upside outside of those three. I don't expect my ranks to be extraordinarily different than most, especially for those initial three. Because those three stand out above the race fairly successfully. Um, So I don't think I'm offering anything innovative to the position. But it is my first step back into the quarterback position since Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. So I wanted to run it out to you all, Um, especially where I I have the lowest expectations. I thought it would be a good place to start with the crossroads to break down. Um, And also, it's new and interesting. And the first time I've had time to invest in this position from the rookie perspective in a while. So I thought some of you might find that interesting as well. Uh, If you have any questions or you want to see those ranks, you can't yet. But when I get more confident in the notes I'm making about them, I will publish them and post that on Discord and on Patreon. And for now, you'll just have to at me if you want to ask me any specific questions about any of them as well. And that's about it. That's about all I want to say about the quarterback position tonight. Sorry for the extra long episode. I'm going to get back on with the running back and the wide receiver position, the tight end position, and come back to you next week talking about one of those. Depending on where my ranks are, or I'll leave with the one that I think's most interesting um, or most relevant uh, based on the work I've been able to do. And uh, that's about it. Thanks very much for checking out The Crossroads. And I will see you next week to talk about another position. Bye.
1: Yeah! Chicken, chicken or a crow, crow. chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player on phone, so. Jake on the table and Ape on the players, though no. Pete enumerates the place, they're analytical in my nose, don't really know if I like that Picking their brains Got their in lanes But I like that Picking these guys All of these times All of these nice stats Picking apart The film is an art Always a fight Back and forth There is no order They disorder More and more Because the players Ain't no older They some hoarders Or some mortars Dropping bombs Without no borders Stick got that eye I like mortar Peak grinding numbers Like molars I don't know anymore I am at a crossroads Chicken or crow Chicken or crow Crossing the road Go Clicking a poll Twitter is gold Player unfold. So Jake on the table and they pull the plays though. Pete and more. it's the plays they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold. So Jake on the table and they on the plays though. Pete and more. it's the plays they're analytical.